Welcome to the North Lakes Podcast. On this episode, we talk to North Lakes Registered Dietitian Rebecca Crum Johnson about diabetes prevention, the importance of nutrition, and how she works with patients and other providers. I'm Jeremy Oswald, and I'm lucky enough to host the North Lakes Podcast. Let's talk to my neighbor, Rebecca. So welcome to the North Lakes Podcast, Rebecca Crum Johnson. Thank you for being here. Do you mind introducing yourself and explaining a little bit what you do here at North Lakes? So I'm a registered dietitian, and I'm a certified diabetes care and diabetes specialist. Um, so registered, I'm, I am a kind of a generalist for as a dietitian, so I see lots of different things like weight loss and heart disease, but because I'm certified in the diabetes education, that's kind of my specialty. So, um, so I see people for general nutrition needs and education, but because of that diabetes specialty, I can also help with like teaching people how to check their blood sugars or um, adjust their medications. I work with a physician, so it's a little bit wider scope of practice um, beyond just doing nutrition education. Kind of, you can you can do it all. I can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a lot we could talk about um, about nutrition, but we're going to uh, talk specifically about di- diabetes prevention today. Can you describe what diabetes is? So there's three different types of diabetes. Um, the first one is called type one, and that's the type that we typically see diagnosed in children. So in that type, their bodies no longer make insulin or they make very, very little insulin. So they have to go on insulin immediately. And it's a lifelong disease. Um, and so that, that's a very different animal and less common than what we call type two diabetes. And that typically is diagnosed in adults, though, Unfortunately, over the last few decades, we're seeing it get diagnosed younger and younger and younger. Um, type 2 diabetes is where you're still making insulin, but your body has become resistant to the insulin and it's not using it very well. And why do we need insulin? The reason we need insulin is when your blood sugars go up, and the main reason our blood sugars go up is from food, but blood sugars can go up because of Um, being stressed or excited, um, being sick. So it's not just the food. There's hormonal things that go on too, but typically it's the food. And when our blood sugars go up, our our pancreas makes insulin to make the blood sugars go down. And like anything in our bodies, our bodies all like to be, you know, whether it's your calcium level or your sodium level or whatever, our bodies like a sweet spot for the sugars. (laughs) <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> so they like to be in a certain range. So like if you haven't eaten um, and you get your blood sugar checked, the normal is considered to be about 65 to 100. That's without food. But obviously throughout the day, our blood sugars go up and down. It's not like it's going to be 79 all day and it's never going to move. So someone with diabetes, either the type 1 or type Mm -hmm. Make sure I get the tech, you know, the terminology right. Right, right. Um, It's it's about insulin control. It's It's about about controlling that the the sugars in your body. Right. That that's the basic 
thing that's going on. There's, of course, like all these other hormones and things going on, but basically it's getting the insulin to get your blood sugars normalized. Now, the third type of diabetes is the type you can get when you're pregnant. So that's called gestational diabetes. And, um, you know, most women will get checked to see if they have it about starting their third trimester of their pregnancy. And when you're pregnant, your body obviously changes a lot. And one of the things that happens is you can become insulin resistant, or most women become insulin resistant, but some women can't, they don't make enough insulin to overcome it. And that is a temporary diabetes. But those people that do get gestational diabetes are at a much higher risk to develop it later in life. Gotcha. So, but when we're, I'm just going to broad strokes here again, because I'm a very simple person, (laughs) Uh, is that uh, I'm going to guess with type one, Mm -hmm. that that's that's a big deal. You're going to discover that right pretty soon as a youngster, as a young person. Yeah, the average age um, to be diagnosed with type one diabetes is age eight. So that that that's, that's gonna, the average, yeah. And then if uh, the and it, well, sorry, when you're pregnant, the gestational gestational. That's I mean, if someone's pregnant, that's probably something physicians and people like yourself are looking out for. Right, right. But it's that type two. Mm-hmm. That's a little more like well, harder to figure out where it's coming from. And so when we talk about maybe what we're talking about today, diabetes prevention, is that kind of what we're talking about? Is the yeah. type two? Yeah, we are. We're looking at type 2 diabetes and trying to prevent that because it the numbers have skyrocketed. So it's considered kind of an epidemic that we've been getting so much type 2 diabetes through the last few decades. Um, and a lot of causes for that is we've gained a lot of weight, we're a lot less active, and those are two of the major things. And we are have gotten to be an older population, so that makes a difference. Um, but nationally through the centers of disease control they are really doing a lot of big campaigning to try to prevent diabetes and maybe just to expand on that a little bit or like or we could talk about a, a lot of things with this i guess but that would like to talk about prevention or is it the sounds like there's a couple of symptoms like if you're not very active if you're overweight you could be susceptible to that so yeah. th- those are the kind of things you can control are there other well, risk the big, factors or? big risk factors and you you kind of led into what i wanted to talk about was that the big risk factors are family history nothing we can do about family history you can't pick your parents um we'd like to sometimes oh we easy <laughs> joan she didn't just say that <laughs> Jonas, my mother. <laughs> um, being over 45, again, you know, we're all going to age, hopefully. Um, your ethnicity, nothing we can do about that. And it's there's higher rates of um, prediabetes and diabetes in non-white people. So, you know, that's, that's a factor that can't change. And then um, the other one is if you have a history of gestational diabetes, which we talked about. So you've got that history. The other two we talk about are inactivity and if you're overweight, which technically is that body mass index of over 25, then you're at risk. So those are two things we can try to do something about. So that's the things that we zero in on and try to change to help prevent diabetes. And what would somebody be um, you know, I'm thinking I might fit into a couple of those categories. <laughs> so what what sh- 
could or should someone be looking for? I mean, maybe they already know, like, yeah, I'm overweight and I don't move around a lot. But what what else maybe they might, what might they be feeling to be like, huh, maybe I should get checked for diabetes or get checked out? Uh, One thing you can do is you can go into the American Diabetes Association website. And there's other ones out there, too, but the ADA is a really good one. And you can take their risk test. And you just can go to diabetes.org, and then they have like a risk test pro-med. But if you just go on the, on the site and search for it, they actually have like a, a little quiz you can take that will tell you what your risk is at. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful, you know, to kind of find out. And then if you get like a score, I think it's five or above, then it's like, okay, you've, you've got a higher risk. And that, that's where it's good to, like, talk to your physician. And are there, I mean, are there, like, specific symptoms or is it a wide range? I mean, if someone's, like... I, you never want... You, you really don't want to go by symptoms for diabetes because the problem is you don't get symptoms until your blood sugar is over 200 most of the time. And that's getting to be a pretty high blood sugar, mm-hmm. you know. So when you're looking at normal is 65 to 100, 200 is up there. Yeah. And, and it has to be there most of the time. It's not just every once in a while it pops up. Um, however, having said that, you know, if you do get the, the common symptoms are, the one I hear the most from people is, I am so tired, you know, because your body isn't functioning correctly. Um, people get really thirsty. Is this because your body's not working the way it's supposed to? You're, you um, start getting very thirsty. You start urinating urinating a lot. And the urination isn't from all the water you're drinking necessarily. It's just because your body's not using sugar correctly. The other one is dry skin, um, which in our area is kind of tough in the winter because we all have dry skin in the winter, but it can get very dry. Hunger, um, blurry v- vision, is another one if all of a sudden like things get out of focus yeah and then they kind of come back um and slow healing you know so if you have cuts or whatever and they're just not healing like they used to those are symptoms of diabetes but again you're getting pretty high at that point we'd we'd like to discover it before then because you can do much more for it i would imagine right it's always better to catch things early like anything So. Hmm. so um that's a lot of great info. I like that. There's a quiz out there online, mm-hmm. diabetes.org. Yep. So what else? Or what? So when? What would be your advice to people? Like, let's say you're getting a little bit older. You're not as active. Maybe put on a little weight. Is there things people can do? Maybe before they. What, what should they do? What can they do? Well, there, there's there was a study that was started in the '90s, and they. Um, what they did is they got over 3,000 people signed up for the study, which if you're from, if at all familiar studies, that's a lot of subjects. And they ran the study for two or three years, and they were all people that were at high risk of getting diabetes. Like with those risk factors we talked about, they were hitting those risk factors. And so what they had them do is, you know, you always have like your control group where you say, don't do anything. Um, and then they had a group that said, okay, we really want you to try to exercise about 150 minutes a week. Um, we like you to lose about five to seven percent of your weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds and you're going to lose five percent of your weight, that's 10 pounds. 
Okay. So it wasn't like you need to get to what you weighed when you were 16 (laughs) or you have to be in the perfect little BMI. It was just like, can you lose 5%? And when they did that, um, you know, through the three, the two to three year study, um, it decreased the risk of diabetes by over 50%, Mm. which is really significant. That was without medication, you know, and so um, losing that small amount of weight, adding 150 minutes of exercise a week, which is comes out to be about 20 minutes per day, um, really decreased it. And what's really cool is the older you were, the more it decreased your risk. Hmm. You know, so the people over 60, it brought their risk down by like 70 percent. And um, since then, they've they've continued to track. You know, um, first of all, the people in the original study, and even up to 10 years later, it made a difference, which is really cool. And then also they keep adding people into the study, you know, who are still doing these behaviors and making these changes, and it's proving true over and over and over again. Hmm. So a little little bit more activity, lose a little weight, you're just going to... And that doesn't mean you're in perfect health. Right. It I mean, doesn't, that doesn't... You, you, yeah. It just means you've done this little bit, and that's going to really help you prevent diabetes. Right. And I really like to emphasize to people that it's the first, you know, 5 to 10% of weight you lose that helps your overhaul, overall health the most. It helps with blood pressure and heart disease and diabetes. Every pound you lose takes 4 pounds of pressure off your knees. I love that stat. I was gonna like. I'm glad you brought it up because I know like there's some there's some number there's some magic thing. So say that again. So every pound you lose takes about four pounds of pressure off your knees. So if you lose ten pounds, you're taking forty pounds of pressure off your knees. You know, so you know you could do the old you know put forty pounds on your back. You know, and that's what you're taking off. So it's I, I'm constantly trying to encourage people that they they don't have to be that idea of perfection of what they think you know, whatever they get it, where they get it from, that's not necessary. Any little bit helps. You know, I I love learning a little bit more about what you do. So let's say somebody's tried this or or you come across them. What do you like recommend or how do you help people in your role with this? Um, If they get so far that they're, you know, in here seeing a specialist such as yourself. Okay. So for, um, if they do have diabetes, um, you know, the first thing we always want to look at is diet and activity, you know, and and I really want to emphasize the word activity and not exercise because it's just getting moving. It's not that you have to get a class. It's not that you have to sign up for a 10K run or anything like that. It's just, it's just moving. It can be uh, walking in place in front of the TV. It can include snow shoveling. It can include, you know, gardening. It can include all that stuff. It's just, please move, you know, and it can be five minutes here, five minutes there. It doesn't even have to be like the 20 minutes, you know, and, you know, so we just want to get people moving. And um, my philosophy is that I start where the person's at. We don't say, tell everybody this is what your goal is and that's what it must be. You know, it's like, if you don't move at all, gosh, can you do 20 minutes of movement a week? You know, it's just, we need, and you know, and then I'm also working with people who have trouble moving or, you know, have arthritis or whatever it is. And then of course, you know, food, 
which is I'm a dietitian, so I emphasize food and I believe in it greatly that food is medicine and it makes a huge difference, but food is a joy and food is to be enjoyed. So you have to have that balance. But again, starting where people are at. You know, um, I always, you know, we go through like, what are you eating now? Well, where can we, you know, I, you know, try to give them some education. This is how you can improve things. Looking at what you're doing, where are you willing to make a change? You know, so them getting that information and then choosing that that low-hanging fruit first. So if I was to have a, an appointment with you, I would, you know, let's, uh, I'd be like, okay, for dinner, this is kind of what I eat, and, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of my, my diet through the day. Right. And how do you make sure people aren't lying? <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> and I always assume there's usually a little, you know, um, you know, fudging here and there. And some of that's not on purpose. Some of it is like we just don't, I don't always realize what I'm eating or doing or drinking, you know. And But, um, but that's the information we've got. And sometimes just through the conversation, like, you know, when I'm very specific, you know, what do you have? What's the first time of the day you eat and what do you have? Blah, 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 blah. And then as our conversation, and I'll say, do you eat anything between meals? Well, no, not really. And then as the conversation goes, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a bowl of ice cream every night. And, you know, so just having that, that getting into a smoother conversation where we get to know each other. A first session for me is I really want to get to know the person. And it really influences, like, do you, do you have shift work? Who do you live with? Can what's what's your financial situation for buying food? Do you have to use a food shelf? Well, that's going to really change how we decide on our goals. You know, so it's got to be very individualized. It's not like you have like, okay, you're a fifty year old male. Um, here is your diet. Right. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah. not going to work. No, then. it's not. And why would you know, food is really emotional and it's really personal and it's cultural and it's historical and, you know, so, um, and what are your cooking skills? You know, it's just like there's so much involved. It's not just taking a pill in the morning, you no. know, and so, you know, we just have to really like take our time and kind of figure things out. Yeah, there's those people that are like, I would say engineers are some of my favorite patients <laughs> because they love data and they love detail. You know, so like, you know, those people that just glom onto it and go. Um, but most of us, it's one step at a time. Where, what are some resources or what, what kind of guidance would you give someone that's like, I kind of want to change my diet or, where, diet or learn more about food? Um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I didn't ask you about this beforehand. Are there good resources that people can look at? To, well, you know, that? there's lots of stuff online, of course. And I um, really, you know, just like anything, I really beg you to go to a reliable source, which the American Diabetes Association is a reliable source. Centers for Disease Control, great source. You know, so go to some of those. Um, recently, here at North Lakes, we started a diabetes prevention program. And um, I'm just doing my first class. And that's a actually a year-long class. The first 16 weeks, you meet um, once a week. And then after that, it's there's like eight more sessions after that to make up a year. Um, and that um, program has a set curriculum. Um, it's really a neat program, and um, I just 
I just got certified in it to teach it last fall. And as I said, we're doing our first one now, and I um, feel like I should be paying these people to be in it. (laughs) 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 We're, you know, wandering around and figuring it out. Um, Currently, we're. Did you hear my first podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So I I know about the learning. You know about the learning curve. (laughs) Yes, I do. So at any rate, um, we're doing this, and um, I've got five people going through it, and we plan on continuing to do that. We're going to start another one this summer and really expand that program. So those diabetes prevention programs are out there. You can go on the websites and find out who's got them. And so, um, we're like I said, we're just starting ours, but there's other ones out there. And we're doing ours virtually. And the reason we did that is we're, um, we started out with just North Lakes patients, and it enabled us to allow anyone in our North Lakes region to join. Because you're you're in more than one clinic. We're meeting and speaking in Ashland. This is one of your locations, but you're in a few different ones, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm in Ashland two days a week, and I'm in Hayward two days a week. However, I, I can see anybody from any of the clinics. We can do that clinic to clinic virtually. So like if you're in Hurley, and you don't want to come to Ashland, uh, we can do that a couple of different ways. You can go into the clinic, especially, I mean, I get it, especially in our rural area, you don't always have great Wi-Fi or internet connection. So that that's really nice because it gives you really good connection. Um, or we can do it from your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that works great too. And um, so, I, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm gonna. Here's a softball for you. All right. Um, so if I wanted to make an appointment with you, it's not that simple, right? Usually you're referred. Like you'll see a physician, and that they make a re- yeah, referral. Yeah, typically. To you, or how does that work? Typically, I get a referral. However, you can just call the clinic and make an appointment. Um, so you can do that. I mean, and the reason I mainly want referrals is I like to have information. It's like, you know, it's like I like to know what medications people are on and what their labs are. And, you know, because that makes a difference in how you're going to handle things. And if we're really looking at the diabetes part, meds are really important because there's so many different diabetes medications and so many different dosages. And so we can really look at what's happening and what are gonna be the best options for that person. So you can just make an appointment. You don't have to be a North Lakes patient. I you know, see people who aren't North Lakes patients. Um, yeah, so you can do that. And if someone wanted to sign up for the class with you, the one that you're teaching, is that they just go to you or how would that happen? Um, is it possible? Kind of like, you know, right now the um, next class we're hoping will start in about June. Um, the current class is running. So once you kind of start a class, you know, that's hard to you, jump in. It's hard to jump in after like a couple of weeks. Um, so basically we're trying to have people just sign up at the Ashland clinic. So we just have like one spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's kind of what we're we're working on right now we're doing that and so when that class opens for signing up that's i think how we're going to do it but in general if you're in the north lakes kind of service area you yeah. could call any of our you clinics can call and, any and of the it clinics might yeah. not be that class but maybe if would we be able to refer to another 
class somewhere else that someone else is doing or give more information about it? Um, if you're looking at other diabetes prevention programs, I would just kind of Google Google it mm -hmm. and see you know which ones are out there. There's a number of them out there. Um, we are the first FQHC, which is North Lakes. Federally Qualified Health Center. Yeah, that's what we are. We're the first one in the state to have a diabetes prevention program. Um, but there's definitely other ones out there. Um, but if they if they just want to see me for anything, like even if it's you know, weight loss or whatever, but you know if it's diabetes, they can call any of the clinics and make an appointment. And you'd uh, I'll kind of what else do you do? I mean, like you do a lot of work with people with diabetes. Are there other conditions that you focus on? Or? Yeah, um, you know that's one thing when you're rural. <laughs> you know, you got to be, you know. You spread out and you do your different things. Um, I I do um, people with eating disorders. Um, I my one caveat of that is I will not see them unless they are in therapy for their eating disorder. Um, so that that's kind of an addition to that. Um, I do. What do you, I, so by therapy, what do you mean by that? Um, some behavioral health, mm. you know, therapy because it's not about the eating. You know, eating. It's all about the eating, but it's not all about the eating. We know that eating disorder is related to, like, you know, a body image that, you know, these people are having difficulty with their body image and psychologically having big issues with food. You know, that they're feeling bad about food, they're controlling the food, and that is out of my scope of practice. Um, so my job is to help them get a plan and work with the therapist and try to get them eating again or eating more or whatever the situation is, you know, because there's binge eating, you know, um, trying to kind of get to the core of, of giving them the tools to work with their therapist. So that's, I love, well, one of the things I like about North Lakes and being part of it is that I love to hear about those collaborations that we're, you know, we'd like to integrate all our practices and services. Mm -hmm. How's that work? That must be great to have. Like, I, I know in this building we have so many different services. It must be so nice that you can kind of st stroll down the hall. Probably you'd text them first. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, like, let's just, like, in a, our perfect world, you just stroll down the hall and you're, you're able to collaborate with so many different people here. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and I love, I mean, a lot of that is also, like, having the, the provider down the hall, you know, whether it's your nurse practitioner or physician's assistant or your MD, is I can go walk in there and say, okay, this is what I think. <laughs> can we get this changed or can we do that? Or, you know, it, it is. It's just, it's teamwork, and that works a lot better. Um, one thing I'm really looking forward to is working with the um, speech therapists and the occupational therapists with their feeding program with the kids. We're working on that because I'm relatively new to North Lakes. I came in August of 2021. Um, they didn't have a dietitian or diabetes educator prior to that. So it, the last six months have been lots of program development. And so we're, um, but that I'm excited about and working and helping families to help their kids eat. So that will be fun. And that must be great for, you know, you said that's wonderful for you, but I can imagine the provider. I know the providers here <laughs> are so excited that you're here that you must be a real asset to them as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, because, I mean, from day one, we've been, there's some stuff that people like, when can we do this? And, you know, of course, you can't do everything in one day. So we're gradually adding those services on. 
um, yeah, it's been a really good experience to, I'm very excited to work in a clinic. I, worked, I did hospital work for many, many years, and it's exciting to be in a primary clinic. Yeah, well, I know uh, we're very happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so we, um, anything more about kind of your bigger role here, not just about diabetes, like what else you do here at North Lakes? Um, you know, like I, I work with people that have chronic kidney disease because um, that's very diet related. So um, I try to help them with that. Um, like I mentioned before, working with people that want to lose a few pounds, um, heart disease, um, high blood pressure. Um, it, it just like all kinds of different things kind of pop up. You know, I worked with a gal last week who had osteoporosis, you know, and wanted to know more about diet. And so, I mean, we all run on food. Everything we do runs on food, so it kind of relates to everything. So many questions. Just <laughs> like I just. Um, well, um, I don't know if we want to go this deep, but like well, one question I had, we'd kind of talked about about was, what does food do for the body, and you know, why do we need to eat? Well, to live, <laughs> of course. Um, well, there's like a difference between why do we need to eat and why do we need to eat well. The, those are kind of, I mean, you can eat and fuel, you know, you have to fuel your body. You need the calories to move, um, but you also need, need the nutrients to um, make your body work. You know, we all, you know, the vitamins and the minerals, you know, when you get more base level, we need all of that stuff so that we have eyesight and <laughs> you know um, all of that just to make our bodies work um, we need all of that and you know it's always like if you put water in your tank of your car your car is not going to work very well so it's like how, how are you going to fill your tank so the what you're able to do like it seems for so many different conditions symptoms is that you have your your knowledge what you're able to do is you know like what's in food and what different foods can help or hurt people right and and i always want to say you know food is food and we just have to figure out what works best for that person like you know anytime i do a talk well including this one it's like okay these are the general guidelines but they're not the specific guidelines for you. You know, in general, you should eat fruits and vegetables and whole grains <laughs> and lean proteins. You know, those are the general things we all should be doing, um, but you have to get it individualized well, depending and, on the person. Well, and as you said before, not everybody, you know, I probably shop a much different place than you do, and when I go to the store and what I cook at my house is probably different than yours i'm right. gonna guess right yeah and we're just all, like everyone yeah we're all gonna do things different you know are you someone who will eat animal products or not eat animal products are you somebody who wants to go all organic or are you somebody that wants to stay with conventional foods or a mix and that's one thing um is trying to make or not make people understand but <laughs> encourage them to understand is that you don't have to do 100 percent one way you know, like the example I use a lot is, um, yeah, I'd like people to eat brown rice instead of white rice. I'd really like that. <laughs> However, I get it. I was raised on white rice. 
you know, Margaret Crumb did not <laughs> do brown rice. And so I didn't even know if it was on the food shelves at that point. Um, so it's like, okay, start out with a quarter brown rice and three quarters white rice and see if you can get to half. And if that's as far as you can go because you don't like it more than that, that's great because you're eating something a little better than you did before. So it just doesn't have to be perfect. And I don't know if you're like, now I'm going to just think about like, just eat like food and where you get, like, it's all kind of where you grow up and how you were brought up. Is that where people learn? And Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's where we all start is what were we fed as kids, you know? And I was very fortunate that I had a mother who was a wonderful cook, um, and we all love food and you know it it was fantastic um but like i said no we had white pasta and white rice and canned vegetables and you know that was very common in my era that that's how people ate and um and people still eat you know but it that changed obviously me being a dietitian you know, that was going to change for me. What made you get into this? Oh, heavens. Um, (laughs) Okay, we have to go back to the mid-80s. But uh, (laughs) I I was always, I actually started out as a speech therapist major. And then um, actually um, shadowed a speech therapist and said, well, yeah, this isn't going to happen. This is not for me. And I was always very interested in... um, food and and eating well like you know late teens and that kind of thing and then um like I was always active and so I was always interested in that health stuff and kind of accidentally found out there was a thing called a dietitian Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and somewhere in my freshman sophomore year of college and kind of showed up to the department near (laughs) where I was at at the time and got into the program so and it's been a good choice for me it's been a very good choice Mm -hmm. and and I love dietetics and the fact that it's you know it's very science-based it's evidence-based but I love the counseling part of it well that's I like that's got to be like when I do this podcast, what I what I like is that here you are, you're an expert at it, you know, and I'm like I kind of know some stuff, so I can mm-hmm. ask you some questions. So and I know the science of how these microphones work and all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. But I love that when you can kind of translate maybe your bigger knowledge and synthesize it so people understand. Sounds like that's something you really like. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that part is just helping people you know, um, transfer that information, helping, you know, transferring that information and helping them make positive, hopefully positive changes. Well, and describe it in a way that they can use. Right. You know, you're not going to say, well, you know, your sodium level is (laughs) 0.75 and what we're really, you know, like that's not like, well, except for your engineer friends. Yeah. Oh, my engineer (laughs) friends who love checking their blood sugars. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) They love the data. Um, Yeah. Every person's so different, you know, and it's, I, I really love that. It's fascinating to watch people make changes. And it's really fun when you see light bulbs go off 
you know, that's super fun to see that happen. And it's like, oh, I get it. And and sticking with people, you know, because some people basically it's like two sessions off they run. And um, which is great. Um, but it's really fun to really work with people, even, you know, gradually and just because sometimes I'll say when people are frustrated, they say, I haven't changed anything. And I'll say, well, let's talk about where you were a year ago. Hmm. And they're like, wow. <laughs> to reflect on, like, yeah, look. And I, things have changed. It's like, yeah, things have changed. And it's not, it's not like you're not, you know, here's the pill. You know, you can't, you know, like, it, right. it's like, here's, or, you know, it, it isn't a kind of a one session deal that you, you need to stick with people. Well, not, how well, do you? <laughs> I'm working with people who are, I'm, we're asking them to do hard things. You know, I'm not saying that this is easy. It's it's hard stuff. It's hard stuff to change any, any kind of behavior in your life. You know, so, um, and, and again, like I said, food is emotional. We love food. We are, you know, we have weird relationships with food sometimes. So, you know, you're asking people to do really hard things. And you might not be just asking that person, but if it's a whole family, mm-hmm. you know, that you're like... So do you have to help with that too, or do you? Is that an obstacle, or can you help people like, I, like a whole family, or? Well, often you are, especially um, you know if it's a parent, you're you know really changing things up, or you know, and us you know the spouse of someone. I love it when people bring in a support person to their appointment, you know, because it is it's a family affair, you know, and you're you know, and that's why. Um, Especially when somebody comes in the first time, it's like, do you live with somebody? Are you making meals for kids? Are you, you know, you know, is it a multi-generational household? You know, because that is a huge factor, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> you know. I always say there should be a support group for spouses who have skinny spouses. <laughs> can eat anything they want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we even talk about that as like, well, my husband can have a huge bowl of ice cream every night and he's still his high school weight, you know. So, I mean, you have to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like one size doesn't fit every family. Every... No, no, not at all. Um, so, yeah, it's just making little changes and hopefully getting into a positive space. Yeah, and I love that you talk about how it's, you know, food is so social and, you know, like... So, and I'm going to guess just from what kind of knowing you that it, it's got to be hard. Like, you know, like holidays must be trickier when you advise people if they're going out to eat with people. Like, right. And, that, eat, and that's one thing, like the holidays. I tell people it's a holiday, go celebrate. You know, I, I almost hate like <laughs> the healthy recipes for the holidays. You know how those come out? Because it's like, okay, if, if you stick to the one day, go have some fun. You know, it's the other, you know, it's just don't do it for, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas every single day. You know, I mean, enjoy your holiday. If it's your birthday, you know what? Have a piece of birthday cake. You know, that that's, I don't have a problem with that. That's what it's for. It's a celebration. It's just that um, it's the in-between times that we need to pay attention to. Um, you know, so, you know, that's a big factor. I'm a big believer in that 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, try to do the absolute best you can, and 20% of the time, 
whatever. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, eating out though that is a tough one. You know, because if somebody only eats out once or twice a month, you know that's not that big of a deal. You know, go to town, do whatever. But when you have folks that eat out a lot, then it's like you you need to pay a lot more attention. You know, so and I there I mean I know a lot of like when what'll push me to eating out is sometimes it's just time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't have time for that. So are you also maybe helping to people like well find time to cook well find time to cook or you know like well it can even be something like you know people that have very little cooking skills or don't have time it's like okay what's the best frozen meal options there's a lot of frozen meals out there but there's some that are better options than others so how do we figure that out so I'm guessing I'm just going to guess that you're like spending some time teaching people to flip that package over oh, and read, yeah. read what read what's on there. <laughs> read the label. What read read read. Do you read want to talk label. a little bit about that, or what should people be looking for there, um, or what's good so and bad? When you read the label, the first thing you have that's the most important thing is what's the portion size, because what you think may be a portion size is not what may be on the label. So you really, and and don't complicate it. You know, if it says it's two-thirds of a cup, it's two-thirds of a cup. You know, because it will have the weight on there, too. Okay, if you want to weigh your food, good for you. But most of us are going to look at the two-thirds of the cup. Um, So really look look at that. And a lot of times for labels, it's, it's using, comparing it to another food. You know, so let's say cereals, for example. You know, you want, if you have... Um, Cheerios and you have a really high sugar cereal kind of looking at okay what am I looking at calories if you have diabetes what am I looking at for carbs if you're trying to avoid um, added sugar you know what are you doing you know and again that's individualized too because if I have some folks that really need to watch their sodium I'm gonna say you need to look really look at that sodium and know what that is so it's very, again, individualizing it about what are you watching out for. For some people, it's just simply they want to watch their calories. Um, but kind of the joke is I am always going to teach people how to read labels, but I really want them to eat food without a lot of labels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you want people to eat whole fruit and whole vegetables and, you know, meat, you know, fresh meat. And, you know, so, but, um, I mean, that's that would be ideal, but that's not... No, but that's ideal. what you do, though, that, that you're going to see where everyone's coming from. You're going to mm-hmm. learn about their life. You're going to know what's going on with them and then give them guidance on how to adjust what they take into their bodies mm-hmm. and really, you know, with all those factors in mind. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot. And that's why, you know, letting people go gradually into it is important. Yeah. And it's not an option to be like just everyone stop eating. It's not like another no. thing, you know, that like you're not able to just, well, just stop with the food. <laughs> you, you yeah. Know, like we all can be Gandhi. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah, you, you can't stop eating, you know, and, and so you have to figure out if you want, if you want to make big changes, how are you going to do that? And often the first thing I tell people is look at what you're drinking. Just that's. 
you know, just look at that first. Because if you're doing sugar-sweetened beverages like sodas and monster drinks and fancy coffees and, you know, you're getting um, no nutrition in any of those things and you're getting tons of calories, tons of sugar, you know, so if that's a, like a really, really easy place to start. Alcohol, like how much alcohol do you have? Um, tons of calories in alcohol. You know, um, not even looking at the other things alcohol does, but just if you're looking at calories, tons of calories. Um, so looking at that first, you know, is a good place to start. So it's, there are, um, there are maybe uh, working with you, it's not huge changes, but just little things like that. Well, Some are, are, could be big things. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, again, it depends so much on the person. I mean, I sometimes have people walk in my office and they have completely changed their diet because they like get diagnosed with diabetes and they'll come into me and they've let, they're like, this is what I've done. And it's like, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really cool you did that. Um, and so we'll just kind of go through it and I'm like, you did a great job, let's keep this, you know. But the hard part of that is being told you have diabetes or congestive heart failure or whatever, it, it's very frightening. You know, it, it's like, you know, kind of getting scared straight. So it's like, okay, I'm really super happy you've made these changes. How can we make it that you can sustain them? You know, and that that's the other issue is like a lot, a lot of us are very good at making this like huge change. And then it's like three, four months from now, I'm not so scared anymore. You know, You've forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, now can I keep some of that stuff up? Well, and that that's what I, maybe what I was kind of getting at with you, don't get to just stop eating. You know, nope. like with cigarettes, you just quit smoking can, cigarettes. Smoke. And drinking, you just quit drinking, you know. But with food, you don't get to just quit food. You have to, you have to eat. And, um, you know, so it's helping people get into the, where they can, I mean, they can sustain things. You know, it, you know, that's why with a lot of like the extreme diets, okay, great, you lost 50 pounds, but can you eat that way the rest of your life? The majority of us can't. It's just, it's too, too, too difficult. Mm. You know, so it's really looking at those lifelong, what can I do? You know, and maybe it's only like three changes, but it's something you can do on a long-term basis. Awesome. Well, we could go on <laughs> on and on for sure. And I, I'm enjoying this. Is there anything else before we wrap it up? Like anything else that we might have missed that you'd like to add or... No, that, you know, I it just don't, I just don't want people to um, think I'm, you know, going to judge them on what they're doing. I've, I've been a dietitian over 30 years, and I can't say I've seen it all, but I've seen a lot. And I, you know, I'm not going to think someone's a bad person or that they're, um, dumb or you know whatever you know we have so many things thrown at us between commercials and sale you know there's so much that goes into what you're going to eat that um, I just want people to know that if you come in and see me we're just going to sit down and try to figure out what works I think when you've said you're going to meet people where they are right yeah well thank you so much I've got one last question for you what What's in your car? 
Oh my gosh, in my car? Mm-hmm. Um, cross-country skis. <laughs> Snowshoes. They just hang out with me all winter because um, I'm too lazy to put them in and out. And then you never know when you're going to ski. And then um, my shopping bags. And, oh, I do, because I go to Hayward, I have audiobooks. Hmm. Makes the trip much more pleasant. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Re- Rebecca Crum Johnson. It's been so nice to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming in and doing this. Thanks, Jeremy. It's been fun. Okay, thanks. Have a good day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. Who has their 15 minutes of activity planned for today? Ever since Becca and I had this conversation, I've been trying to keep moving and, and get in at least a little bit of activity every day. That was some great advice, and it's felt good to get moving a little bit, so thanks, Becca, for the inspiration. North Lakes Community Clinic is a federally qualified health center located in the northern part of Wisconsin. We have 13 clinics in 13 communities, including Ashland, Birchwood, Chippewa Falls, that's a new one, Hayward, Hurley, Iron River, Lakewood, Minong, Oconto, Park Falls, Turtle Lake, Washburn, and White Lake. Our mission is to respond to the healthcare needs of our communities with an integrated array of quality services and actively remove barriers to wellness. You can learn more about us on our website, nlccwi.org. You can always give us a call at 888-834-4551. I'm Jeremy Oswald, and uh, it's time for me to get out for a walk. Thanks a lot for listening.